Good evening, everybody. It is February 10th, 2014. Time for another 10 dozen minutes of It's Not Actually Evening, but we are going to continue to live the dream with Jake and Mr. Skullhead, featuring Jake and Mr. Skullhead, starring Jake and Mr. Skullhead, with a special appearance by Jake and Mr. Skullhead, introducing Jake as Mr. Skullhead, and Mr. Skullhead has Jake. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is in an undisclosed location. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead, on this fine evening? Uh, you know, the stars are out, the moon is shining bright. I, I don't think it could be a nicer evening. Are you drunk yet? No, you know, I'm only on my third beer. Okay, fair enough. Do you have a list of uh, a list of things that you consult to to say the featuring, the introducing, the, the, all of those? You just you just add living it every time. It's live, man. I, I, it's impressive. It I make longer the and longer live. every week. I'm sure that it's repetitive as well, but I feel like people find repetitiveness soothing. Yeah, but it's never repetitive in the context of a single utterance. That's true, and you know, I, I feel like people find repetitiveness soothing. That's about as far as I want to push that joke. I feel. No, it was good. It was like it, it was the point where a lot of people probably wouldn't even notice it until you until you lampshaded it there. Well, we do live in a postmodern age. How was your weekend, Mister Skullhead? It was weekend. There was. <clears throat> what was it weakened by? Things. Uh, you know what it was strengthened by is uh, on Friday night we went to see the Lego movie and that was insanely good. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard nothing but excellent things about it. Yeah, I would suggest seeing it before either you hear so many good things that it couldn't possibly live up or somebody spoils the <clears throat> the spoiler part of it. Yeah, I've heard that there's a I've heard that there's a mid-film twist of some significance. Yeah. It's hella good. Really creative and funny. <coughs> And seems like it was written by the kind of guys that we are. So is it creative and like really consistently manufactured and like it's been around for a really long time and it it appeals to all ages, you'd say? And uh, yeah, the people who are writing it appear to be extremely generously endowed. Okay. Not by like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, they have big penises. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you can Good. just tell. Sometimes you can just tell. Mm-hmm. They are. It's the same guys who wrote uh, "Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs," which was not very good, but also wrote "21 Jump Street," which was, again, surprisingly good. Yeah, no, I, I saw that one in the theater and was uh, was uh, as you say surprised by how good it was. Mm-hmm. What else? And uh, you know, uh, after that, we oh, my wife did a polar plunge on Saturday. I didn't, mm. Is that a thing where you get in a sauna and then uh, five minutes later you jump into a walk-in freezer? No, it's uh, they cut the ice out of a um, chunk of a lake and then you dress up in funny costumes and you run out to where the hole is and then you jump in the hole and it's always shallow enough that you can walk out of it because they don't want to have to go fishing around for people under the ice. But uh, then you walk out of it and then you go into a warm room. And then you're like, hey, I did that. And it raises money for charity. Can't that kill you? I gather that if you're... Like, if you do the straight-up going from a sauna into a bucket of ice-cold water, that that could could get you if you have a weak heart. So if you've got a weak heart, they recommend you don't, don't, don't let's start doing that. Well, at least don't start by being in a sauna. Yeah. So this, like... They're in a warm room, but then they have to walk outside in their swimming In a warm room with cool curtains. <laughs> exactly. And then they uh, they stand in line for five or six minutes. So at that point, your skin is really cold. My, my wife said the water felt fine. 
and then after that, you go into the warm room and get all all dried off and everything. Are they are the costumes lascivious? No, this one was for the Special Olympics. Like you don't you don't really dress up in like a, a thong for the Special <laughs> well, Olympics. Well, you okay? So are you are you trying to entertain the Olympians or are you trying to raise money for them? Because it seems like raise maybe money a lascivious for them, costume. Maybe a lascivious <clears throat> costume is more effective. I guess if you're like, hey. Facebook friends, I'm going to do the Polar Plunge, you should pledge, would get fewer donations than, hey, Facebook friends, I'm going to do the Polar Plunge in a G-string and tassels, you should pledge. Mm-hmm. But aren't, uh, they often, yeah. aren't they often done in the nude? The, I've seen like a nearly nude thing where it's like people in Speedos and whatnot. These were more like, a lot of the people were in elaborate costumes that were kind of a pain in the ass to have wet, which I think was just part of it. Like, hey, I'm going to dress in a wizard's robe and hat and cast magic missile as I jump in, and then I will be the sad asshole in a wet robe for a uh, was few that actu- Was that actually one of them? There were dudes in robes. I don't think they magic missiled, but, uh, yeah. There are a lot of tutus It would be a good way involved. to warm up the water on the way in. A lot of tutus and a lot of kilts. And, huh. uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Anything you go to, the number of kilts is never going to surprise me, Mr. Scullet. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're a kilt enthusiast, but I'm saying that your interests on that Venn diagram with the interests of kilt enthusiasts, a little bit of overlap. Yeah, if you look at places I like to go, like <clears throat> the Renaissance Festival, a Polar Plunge, KOL Con. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would think, like, doesn't Oktoberfest maybe bring out the kilt people? In Phoenix? Uh, Oktoberfest, the one that we go to in Phoenix, or at least the one that we've volunteered at for a lot of years, uh, I think last year was the first time in six or seven years that we haven't worked it, but uh, no, it's more it's more frat bros. Uh, <coughs> so it's less... Fra- <laughs> this, this, let me show you this dictionary written by frat bros beers. <laughs> uh, it's basically just Urban Dictionary without the Star Trek shit. And anything that can have the word bro added to it is added. Mm-hmm. Yo, I hate to embrose on you, man, but I could really stand to borrow your Axe body spray. Mm, okay. Have some potato salad. Yep. Although that one's that one wasn't novel. I need to do. I need to have done something that hasn't been done before. Brotato is absolutely at the top of the list of things that have been done before. Sorted by sorted alphabetically, starting with potato. <laughs> I actually imagine the list that that's on top of. I'm having a hard time. Um, I feel like they all wear Axe body spray so that bros by any other name would still smell as sweet. Okay. Uh, do you? Uh, so we had a conversation, and I think uh, I think hot stuff was was dismayed to hear my attitude about this, and I wonder how you I wonder how you feel about it. We were discussing. I, I think, and we need to look into this a little, but I think what we're doing in lieu of the concert for next KOL Con is a sort of a variety show sort of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, I was uh, I was I was setting uh, good trouble face to the good good wife trouble face <laughs> goody goody trubs uh, to the to the task of, and I don't know if this is the right way to approach it, but calling like a junior high. Just one. Calling one junior high student and saying, like, hey, have you had any cool science assemblies? And that junior high student would say, I'm one of the cool kids. Fuck you, nerd. Yeah, yes. But uh, calling, calling like, junior highs and asking if they have, like, do, they, do you have a big list of things that will be boring to all but the nerds at this assembly? So you're looking for, like, the chemistry magician who comes out and yeah, makes the giant I, foam thing? 
Yes, science magician is the exact thing that I'm looking for. But I feel like there are if if there could be ten science magicians, then that would be better than one science magician. Do you think there are enough science magician tricks? Or like, because if you book ten magicians for a show, you would get ten guys pulling rabbits out of hats and sure. blinking rings. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say ten science magicians. I'm saying ten things that belong in a set with science magicians. Uh, ten things that I hate about science magicians. Yeah, ten things that most kids hate about assemblies. Because um, so we don't want to end up with, with the classic Raymond Feist problem of too many magicians. Yeah. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the Raymond Feist novel, Too Many Magicians, will have a pang of recognition at that joke. So if Raymond Feist and Feist are hanging out together, then maybe four magicians is too many? Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I wish uh, that... You liked burlesque enough that you were comfortable having like a, you know, like a Doctor Who or a Star Wars or a Muppet or a Lego burlesque. Well, so the the, the conversation that prompted this was actually uh, Emily saying, "Hey, why don't we contact some of the Renfair entertainers?" And me saying, "No," like that. Huh? Uh, you, wouldn't because- want, you wouldn't want Zilch the Tory Steller. Uh, no, no. In fact, uh, nor and you know that's I weird because like, uh, he is so fucking funny. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, he absolutely is in his context, hmm. right? Just like just like crazy fire whip guy. That's pretty cool to see at the Ren Fair. But I don't want to pay that guy to perform in a building. Hmm. I don't want even to, one so made of. Brick. You remember? You remember? You remember the point at which KOL Con Two jumped my personal shark. Which is when the belly dancing started. And right. that's what we got. KOL Con 2 is what we got when we let the Ren Fair folk do the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Which was basically like a miniature Ren Fair, which I'm sure that our people are, are, are fine with, more or less. But it is not, it's not a thing that I want, because the Ren Fair is already there. I feel like as the, the boss of this event, that you have the right to say, like, of course we're going to book things that most people find entertaining, but this is a thing that's going to make me uncomfortable, so I'm not going to put it in there. Yeah, well, okay. So, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're just going to pull rank on my behalf, then that's fine. I just don't know. I don't know if, how, how reasonable it actually is. Like, I, I definitely feel like if we were to book a burlesque act, it becomes that kind of thing, which is kind of how I feel about a Ren Faire, too. Like, it's a, so is this, is this an actual variety show, or is this a Ren Faire show? And mm-hmm. I feel like one Ren Faire show is a thing that makes it into a Ren Faire show. See, or I, one Ren Faire act is a thing that makes it into a Ren Faire show. I've seen a few variety shows that incorporated a like one burlesque act. And that was alright. Like Vil- Vilification Tennis did one where they just did rounds of their insult volleys and then twice they had a girl come out and do burlesque. And that seemed to fit. It is a, there is an overlap in that crowd. But I think the nerdy burlesque is something that a lot of people don't get a chance to see, except on, like, ah, oh shit, io9 just posted this cool thing that they did in a big city where I don't live. Right. But I'm not going to, like, I don't feel passionately enough about it to continue to, to push for it in spite of any, like, really any resistance at all. Yeah. But it's something that I wouldn't rule out first. <clears throat> first off. Sure, but it is, like, I could see trying to make arrangements for that to happen at, like, an after-hours thing at a bar where there weren't going to be any kids there. Right, because it, like, and, you know, because I don't know enough about this to know anything, really, but it seems like it's either 
weird and kind of uncomfortable, but at least there's some nudity, or it's weird and kind of uncomfortable with no nudity, so what's the point? <laughs> Generally, it's your, like, G-string and pasties kind of thing. Which I feel like is not okay for kids. Yeah, so, I, well, sure, I'm not going to take my kid to a burlesque show. Um, but if we're talking about, like, 9 o'clock at 12 West, then I think we're okay. Well, I mean, we would be if we just said, all right, this is the adults-only part of the show. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess go was... out back and smoke. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, I mean, what? That, that's a lot of the reason that we, you know, a lot of the reason why not doing the concert is preferable to doing the concert is because we don't have to, like, kick people out for sound check. We don't have to, like, it is going to cut 10 hours off of the prep time internally just dealing with getting the stage set up and stuff. And thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, more than, I think more than half of the budget of Khan is the concert. Hmm. And it's slightly less than half of uh, the word, which is interesting. Um, but, you know what else would be good is like a, uh, an up-and-coming, uh, say, Flight of the Concord style act. Hmm, yeah, yeah. You know, like a, like a, like a comedian. I don't know, like though. Like Paul and I feel Storm. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. A thing like Paul and Storm that isn't, you know, out of our price range. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, somebody local. We 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 like to we like to support local talent. I'm sure there are a couple of stand-up people that you know. <clears throat> and the nice thing yeah, about that... booking a stand-up guy is, you know, he's gonna show up and. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know though. You know, I know that I know that Emily goes to a lot of uh, open mic comedy nights and stuff, and I wonder sometimes. I avoid it because I feel like, uh, God, this is just going to be a bunch of people being very bad at something that I care about a lot. Mm. Uh, and so I, I'm sort of waiting for a recommendation from somebody who's a little less charitable. Uh. But, but yeah, I'm guessing that that's the kind of thing. You know, I, how do you go about? something like that like there's probably you know if you were in LA there are a million like talent agencies yeah right so I think like a juggler would be a thing that would be entertaining to the crowd there but I don't want it to be like ye old you know hand smithed knife juggler right it's like I, I, I want a guy juggling iPhones you want like a juggalo juggler sure a, oh, a man. straight up Rasta a guy just <laughs> jugging, jugging hatchets, juggling hatchets, <laughs> jugging them. I, okay, <clears throat> a, a juggling that, juggernaut. Oh, Jesus Christ! How is that's gotta be? That's gotta be the the the, the juggernaut cosplaying juggalo juggler. Oh yeah. If that isn't an act, we need to fabricate it. <laughs> like maybe if we talk about it enough, it will it will trigger that whole consensus as reality, and vice versa thing, and then there will be the juggalore. What if, uh, so you want a juggler that's, like, juggling Rubik's Cubes and solving them while he's juggling them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really, I want a new jug. One that won't <laughs> make me bored. Maybe a guy, maybe like a jug band, where after a little while, one of them just steps out and starts juggling the jugs while dressed as a juggalo juggernaut? Oh, man, and blowing each jug as it passes by his lips. Yeah. Like, this guy can play the, all of the songs from Ocarina of Time on the jugs that he's juggling. Mm, it's pretty good. Yeah, so if you can do that, let us know. We will have you perform at our con. Yeah. 
There's there's got there's got to be the juggalo juggler though. Maybe not in Phoenix. I don't know. I don't remember ever seeing a lot of juggalos in Phoenix. Do you do you run into them in the wild in in Minnesota? No. That seems more that seems more their territory. I think they're you're going to see more concentration of that down like Iowa way. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, I think. Mm-hmm. But you know where I come from. They it's only a, hang a, out in states fertile that ground for it things like and juggalos and, and me. <clears throat> okay. Okay. In many ways, you're the anti-juggalo. I mean, Illinois doesn't fit that rubric, you know. Sure. It, end, it ends with a vowel sound. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y-W and S. <laughs> yep. <laughs> only S only after O-I. Yeah. There are exceptions, but they just prove the rule. Wow. Did you do anything cool this weekend? I did. I went to... Uh I went to uh, the the part of the last day of the SF Sketch Fest. We had we had done a couple of uh, random things that were a part of it, but uh, yesterday we went and saw Shakes the Clown live read, which I wasn't entirely sure what to expect. But what uh, ended up happening was there was just a bunch of chairs and a bunch of microphones and a bunch of people just basically reading, uh, not the script of Shakes the Clown, but just a, a sort of a transcript that had been combined with the script to make a thing that was comprehensible. Um, so Bob Goldthwait was there, and Julie Brown, and uh, Tom Kenny. So I didn't know this, but the guy who played Binky the Clown in Shakes the Clown is uh, the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, so everybody went ape shit when he came out on stage, because I guess everybody knows that except me. No and kidding. He seemed he seemed like a great dude. Yeah, I don't uh, think I would have known that. And there was there were a couple of other guys, and there were a bunch of people there who like weren't on the original cast. Randomly, like Lorraine Newman was there. She and probably wasn't super busy. Yeah, you know what? I did not believe. I'm like, wow, that woman looks exactly like Lorraine Newman, but Lorraine Newman is way too old for that to be her. But like, nope, Lorraine Newman is like 62 and still looks 30. So she's one I of those like. Vampires of Hollywood, yeah, or or maybe just you know, I, I mean, em- Emily just said it's got to be Botox, mm. but I don't know that that just might be catty lady jealousy coming out. Couldn't possibly age that gracefully. Got to be cheating. I don't know. She's just like, jealous because assume, she's eighteen and looks sixty. So you know, <laughs> we assume uh, you know we assume that like Tom Cruise must be cheating because nobody could look that good. So he's got to be using some sort of like magical Scientology youth fountain. That is only accessible to the highest level thetans. Yeah, he's just getting injections of L. Ron Hubbard's, Hubbard's blood because they pulled all of the blood out of the body before he before he died, which sucked. Because it was like <laughs> yeah, weeks wow. before he died. Yeah. <clears throat> right before. He's like, guys, couldn't this wait? <laughs> uh, oh, man, couldn't you just give me some of that? And then... Like, uh, wow, so this guy needs... Started, a- I wish we had started earlier so we could have done this a little slower. This guy needs a transfusion of L. Ron Hubbard's blood. Yes, this guy is L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it was great. And uh, Kevin, Kevin Pollock was there to just uh, do a Robin Williams impression when the time came to do a Robin Williams. So I, I thought maybe the Robin Williams would actually show up because he, he lives around here. But uh, you know, not that I was excited at the prospect of Robin Williams showing up. I just thought it might have been cool. Because um, Robin Williams had, had a cameo in Shakes the Clown as Mime Jerry. Oh, Florence Henderson was there, which everybody else was really excited about. I didn't know who Florence Henderson was. That's right. You didn't. You weren't on that like after school, come home and watch the Brady Bunch and Different Strokes and Facts of Life guy, right? 
uh, I mean, I have seen I have seen episodes of uh, Facts of Life and Different Strokes just growing up in syndication, but I have never seen an episode of the Brady Bunch. And it's like it got to the point where so many people were surprised by that that I just made a point of not seeking it out, which was super easy. Once I don't even own a TV, but like I feel like you don't run into stuff like that by accident anymore and I don't know if it is because I'm older or if it's because the world has moved on no because yeah gonna... it was entirely just of the three channels that are that I have on my TV after school one of them showing the Brady Bunch which is okay like it's acceptable entertainment for a 12 year old after school right yeah I wouldn't suggest that anybody watch it now I wouldn't be like oh dude you have to watch the Brady Bunch it is a fucking cultural touchstone because you know it's not neither is Saved by the Bell I mean I feel like you you need a certain amount of like cultural literacy about it in the same way that you need a certain amount of cultural literacy about Gilligan's Island right you need to know that alright the professor's really smart and makes things out of coconuts there's a guy who's rich and out of touch there's two different kinds of hot girl that are potentially divisive even though everyone Everyone on the wrong side of that divide is wrong and knows it. And you need, they almost get off the island every time, but Gilligan fucks it up. And, like, as long as you know those things, you will understand every joke about Gilligan's Island without ever having to watch an episode of Gilligan's Island. Right. And I don't know precisely what those things are about the Brady Bunch. You know, I guess because I don't know them. Right. (laughs) I don't know what they are. There's, you know, like, Mom always said, don't play ball in the house when they break a vase playing ball in the house. There's Marsha getting her nose broken by a football. Probably one Does of that those. happen all the time, or did it happen once and it was a No, it's deal. a really memorable episode because she has this horrible, like, giant flat nose prosthetic. And it's the night before the big dance. Mm, of course so. it is. Oh, and, like, going to Hawaii and getting tiki cursed. And uh, Greg ends up wiping out on his surfboard because he has a tiki necklace on that's cursed. Okay. Yeah, the more that you describe these moments, it's like, yeah, and? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's sort of the thing about, that's sort of the thing about popular entertainment like that, right? Is it could be anything. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like the Citizen Kane of 60s sitcoms. You could watch the, the Brady Bunch movie they made in the 90s and probably get all you needed to know about the Brady Bunch in a kind of a funny little packet. Because it, it just transplants the family intact as they were in the 70s into the 90s. Is it the same actors? No, it's lookalikes. <clears throat> it's, but lookalikes, uh, of, lookalikes of the age that... Uh, like, it's as though they time-traveled, not aged. Yeah, yeah. Into the 90s, okay. Was it pretty much the, in the 70s? I feel like it started in the late 60s and then was 70s. Okay. Because uh, I associate it with like the Annette Funicello... like. <clears throat> Like beach movie era, probably a little later than that. There's definitely most of what everybody remembers is the period of time when it was 70s and like 70s with a capital 70s. So like in the way that that 70s show is kind of making fun of that, it was exactly that. Okay. The movie's kind of fun though. Like the dad is played by uh, the boss from Office Space. And okay. uh, Marsha is Ben Stiller's wife, who's been in you know like Dodgeball and a bunch of bunch of his movies. Let's oh, watch. like the rom- the romantic lead in Dodgeball. Yeah, she's cool. She seems like a like a 
less like a Kristen Wiig where it's like a good comedic actress, but more like a just a good female straight man, which is, I don't know, I can't think of any others. Hmm. Uh. So, the Shakes the Clown thing, it was, it, I need to go, I need to be in more audiences, hmm. because it's always thought, it's always thought-provoking in certain ways to, to look at things that I like and then see other people that like them and examine the ways in which I think those reasons are very different. This one, like, Shakes the Clown is a movie about clowns, right? And it's essentially, like, as though there is this subculture of clowns that all drink together at the same bars, you know, unless they're rodeo clowns, and then they drink at the rodeo clown bar. Right. But it isn't... Like... The stuff that the audience of this show was laughing at was all of the, like, just throwaway lines that reminded you that, oh, right, it's a it's a clown, right? Like, the clown gets, like, the main character gets pulled over for a DUI, and there's a some part of the breathalyzer that he folds into a balloon animal. And the, the, the audience just went nuts because it's like, oh, right, they're clowns. We keep forgetting that they're clowns. This is a movie about clowns, and so that's funny because clown, this isn't what clowns are like. You know, it's it's like clowns are the bacon of this movie uh-huh. and I think it sort of draws like it's not a movie about clowns it's a movie about alcoholism and the setting is clowns right like <laughs> you like if you made the same movie except instead of clowns they were Native Americans it would have been a super serious horrible depressing movie right and it's I don't know if like I mean it seems like Goldthwait has that sort of <sighs> It's like you don't often end up with a slapstick black comedy. Uh-huh. Maybe is is the the issue? I don't know. It was it it was just like being in that audience of and the things that were getting laughs was I was like, "Uh, man, I don't know that this is effective if this is the way that people are approaching this." Like I don't know that this is communicating <laughs> what I think he was setting out to communicate if if these like there are just these belly laughs at these things that are actually just a framing device for like a really gross depressing story yeah and I don't know you know I mean I'm a big fan of like laughing past horrible things as a coping mechanism but this is and I mean maybe it's like you don't go you don't go to a comedy club to like see a thought provoking depressing thing but I thought well they're doing it there so that'll be interesting hmm yeah, I don't know. Have you seen the movie? Did you tell everyone else that they were enjoying it wrong? No, I didn't say anything to anybody. Well, that's good. No, I haven't seen that one. <clears throat> I feel like I probably should. I don't know if you would... You know, it's one of those things that you would either like or really, really hate. <laughs> and and just, like, accuse me of, you know, like, like PBR or Wesley Willis. Like, you wouldn't be able to believe that I actually like it a lot on its merits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not that you wouldn't believe it, but you you know what I'm talking about, right? Like there, are- yeah. It would be hard to to understand why, but <clears throat> that that's probably not the case. I think I'd probably enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah, it's um. I like Bobcat Goldthwait as a person. Just everything. Every time I've seen him, just talking, he seems yeah. like that really kind of self-effacing, but not to the point where you feel like he's just fishing for compliments, kind yeah. of guy. And he's very clear-eyed about the stuff that he does. We're like, 
I make these movies because I think that they are funny, and I acknowledge that they're about horrible things, and they make people uncomfortable, but that's also funny, and, you know. Right. Yeah, he's he's definitely, like, it was, it was also weird, like, I, I got a little bit of a, like, kind of gross Andy Kaufman vibe, because the things that got the biggest audience reaction were the times when, in the recitation of a line from Shakes the Clown, he just, like, made some Bob Goldthwaite noises. Huh. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good thing that Shakes the Clown wasn't super popular, because I feel like that would have been, that would have been bad for him in the way that the popularity of the taxi character was bad for Andy Kaufman. I was always confused about his shtick in the stand-up. Like, I wondered if he had some mild form of Tourette's or some kind of twitch that he was actually involuntarily making those noises, but he doesn't do it now. I randomly listened to... This was just yesterday. I was, I was like, doing a bunch of art for the new path and the new uh, Level 11 stuff, and so I was just... I could listen to something with words, and so I just went to, like... I just did a Google search for best stand-up comedy records, and there was this list, there was an article from Spin, and, like, the first thing I saw was, like, oh, there's a Bob Goldthwaite record from 1981 that's, like, yeah, this is a really, really well-regarded stand-up record. And he does, he does all that stuff for, like, the first three or four minutes, and then it's just, like, you know, being, being sarcastic and funny about politics and drugs and stuff, like in normal... Like very, there's very little of that affectation after after the intro, right? So I don't know if it's just like oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna warm up with this stuff that you like from the Police Academy movies, and then I'm just gonna do a fucking stand up act. With him and Emo Phillips, I always wondered about. Like, yeah. is it okay to laugh at this guy because it seems like he's got some sort of neurological disorder? Yeah, but at the same... Like, with Emo Phillips especially, like, all of his stuff is, like, super college boy humor, you know? Like, it's it's just a lot of, like, weird... I mean, I just remember, like... I don't know, just, like, some passing observation about a column prop on the stage being ironic. But there was clearly just an uh, ionic joke just in passing that did not get a laugh from anybody who didn't understand that but it was clearly on purpose huh. which seemed to just be an ad-libbed thing but I don't know man it's he is a weird one <laughs> like there he's, was a clearly little... re- he's clearly really smart and well educated and usually now when you hear him talk he's just like oh yeah so I was hanging out with Weird Al Yankovic back in the day and it like, how did you develop that character on stage where you talked in the goofy-ass voice the whole time? And that didn't really have anything to do with his stand-up. I guess if either of them had actually had some kind of affliction, that would have worked its way into the comedy. You know, like, a comedian with, like, mul- like MS or Parkinson's or something will come out and do jokes about the condition to begin with. Right. So, yeah, I guess so. It's just a weird little subgenre of comedy in the 80s. <laughs> like, developing this bizarre character that seems like maybe there's something seriously wrong with your brain. I mean, 
you know, Mitch Hedberg definitely had a sort of a persona, but you got the sense that that was like you've maybe met a guy that kind of acts like that, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you know, I don't know the the statistics obsessed kid from Almost Famous, which I can only ever start to call can't hardly wait. Huh. Which those are not the same thing at all. They just have a similar phrase structure in their title. Who else? Is there anybody doing anything like that now? I mean, like, Neil Hamburger definitely has the, like, shtick caricature thing, but it's just gross as opposed to oddball. Maria Bamford very rarely talks in her actual voice. Yeah, okay. For sure. That was interesting seeing her on Wits when she just, like, sat down to be interviewed. Most of the time she couldn't stop. She just couldn't turn that off. You get, like, two sentences of saying something before she obviously got to a part that she was uncomfortable admitting and then just kind of retreated into one of the weird voices. So, yeah, it's weird. Like, she hardly ever sounds like herself. Or maybe that is what she sounds like. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I can think of any other examples. Uh, Let's say Andrew W.K. Hmm. Right. I don't really know anything about Andrew W.K. Yeah. I mean, he just likes to party, you know? He feels it's important. He wants to fight for your right to do so as well as his. Well, that's good. The, he's Is he picking up where MCA left off then? <laughs> I guess so. Um, hmm. But yeah, did that. And that was great. And he did some Q&A afterward. He's, he, seemed, he seemed genuinely surprised that there were that many people gathered in one place that liked that movie. I mean, apparently it was just... Apparently it was just kind of an embarrassment to him in terms of how how well it did. Hmm. But I mean, I guess, you know, maybe he's the kind of guy with the kind of insecurities that anything he does is going to be kind of an embarrassment to him. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like it would be weirder to be less proud of that than of, like, your character in the Police Academy movies. Yeah. You know, so... And kudos to him for not going on, like, a comedy tour with Michael Winslow and Steve Gutenberg. Sure. Yeah. He made some joke about, on that stand-up album, he made some joke about the future that just involved Police Academy 50. Mm-hmm. In a way that you get the sense that you hope that didn't happen. I don't think that I've ever seen a Police Academy movie. I feel like are I've those, seen at least two. Are those worth digging into, do you think? It's really I mean, it, hard to say because... I don't have an objective frame of reference on it. I thought it was hilarious when I was a kid. Who because knows, I feel like, like if somebody said, if I didn't, if I said, oh, I've never seen Airplane, somebody would be remiss if they didn't say, you should see that. Right. But I don't know that, you know, what space does, what space do the Police Academy movies occupy? Is it one of those, is it a thing like Jaws or Nightmare on Elm Street where the first one is like really surprisingly well put together? <laughs> Probably not. Not that those two are in the, not that those two are in the same, uh, ballpark exactly but this is one of those things where it's like you think of this as just being some dumb drawn out series but in fact that was just exploitation of the deserved success of the first one it would be hard to say even if I went and watched it now it would be colored by the fact that I really liked it as a kid it's like I watched Short Circuit again recently and enjoyed the shit out of it but part of that enjoyment is just remembering being 12 and watching it yeah so couldn't say couldn't say. You might as well. You'll hear Michael Winslow make some noises. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I got I got some of that on Spaceballs, and it was. <sighs> I remember being kind of over it, even when I was watching Spaceballs and enjoying Spaceballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the things about I didn't like John Candy in that movie, and I didn't really like the the making noises parts. But I did think it was funny when they jammed the radar such that jam came out of the radar. Yeah. That was a pretty good joke. See, you can see where my sensibilities developed. Absolutely. Uh, well, do you want to develop some user sensibilities by answering some user feedback questions from our user feedback metric acquisition device? The UFMAD, as we call it? We gotta be. We're really good with coming up with dumbass acronyms. We really should should get on that for this thing. How could we make it say farts? Uh, CWM or Casey Wiederman says, "Jick saucer is the correct spelling because saucerers are emperors of sauce." Yeah, that I can't. Every once in a while, I think I can't believe that I fucked that up and that I left it there for so long without anybody telling me huh. that sorcerer is not or but er. Um. Yeah, man, that's embarrassing. It really feels like. It no, sorcerer be. feels correct. Like sorcerer with an O R. If you had asked me to spell, you know, two seconds ago, if you had asked me to spell sorcerer, I totally would have spelled it with an O R. Yeah, it just seems more. It seems weightier, you know. Yeah. Meteor. Uh. Hmm. Oh, you know what I need to do is tilt my phone on its side so that the text gets larger. And I was going to say that Sorcerer would look weird because you would have the two ERs in a row and then realize that is also true of Sorcerer, which is why I don't think it should be spelled that way. Yep. Uh, Damned Fish writes, Also, it's cool that Mr. Scullet is a fan of Welcome to Night Vale, but I think it's great uh, because I think it's great. Jake, it's sad that you don't like it as much, but that said, I do understand exactly what about it annoys you. I don't mean to imply that I don't like it. I just, that's a thing where I can't help thinking, uh, that line could have been delivered better. You know, and it's just a, it's just a, it's sort of a constant underlying thing because the writing is really good. I, you know, what's weird about it though, it just sits there in my podcast repository program because I never feel like it's the right time to listen to it. Hmm. You know, it's like sometimes I'm in the mood for like an NPR show, and sometimes I'm in the mood for like a video game thing, and sometimes I'm in the mood for a funny thing, but I'm never in the mood for like uh, because they feel like works. You know. It's like, I, I, I feel like consuming it the way that I would consume a television show, where it's like, all right, I'm going to devote the next 30 minutes to consuming this thing, but I never want to do that with a podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Even with that, I don't... Even with Night Vale, I'll, I'll put it on and then clean the kitchen. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, being, being here where it takes 10 minutes to clean every space... Right. right, I don't. I don't ever have that like puttering around time, which is also when I tend to listen to like your your radio labs and your this American these American lifes. Um, yeah, what's that? But uh, since a bunch of you guys seem to like it, can we expect some Night Vale references to creep into the kingdom at any point? I hope so. That'd be pretty rad. You know, that is a thing that I think I would I would shy away from directly touching on, just because it it smacks of parodying a parody a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, because their... Like, I feel like their trade is very similar to ours in terms of... You know, they're, they're a little more on the serious, creepy, and a little less on the absurd 
goofy spectrum. The serious, creepy, and absurd goofy are the two ends of the only spectrum that matters. Right. But it's... I mean, we would be more likely to both make a joke about the same thing than to make one of each other's jokes. Mm Mm-hmm. Is how I feel about that. Well, I was going to say, with... Just like everything that I'm into, it'll probably show up in at least like a passing nod. You know, if we have something about a bunch of like a dark hooded figure for some reason, I would probably say like he was he just came from the dog park. Right. Or like, a you know, if there's a scientist, he will have good hair. Yeah. It's not going to be like a, a whole zone that is just holy shit. Night Vale is cool. Yeah, sure. Like some sort of a veil of eternal darkness. Yeah. Anyway, he continues, looking forward to the Sneaky Pete stuff. Yeah. It's uh, it's shaping up. I think uh so I'm about to I'm about to head to 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 New York City. New York for City for uh Indicade East. Hmm. And I think that everything is ready to go. It's I'm in that uncomfortable position of like being busy on Valentine's Day and like probably I'm going to need Chris Moyer to check in on Valentine's Day, but like he's a normal person with a normal sort of relationship to the other people in his life, <laughs> so that's a weird thing to ask. Our Valentine's Day is always to go the day before or day after and go have a sushi dinner mm-hmm. because not, the day itself is not as important as just an excuse to go have sushi, and if we go the day of, it's too crowded. Mm. So that's how yeah. Yeah, I mean, luckily Trubs just doesn't care. Hmm. Every day is Valentine's Day for us. Uh, Blue Scream says, Before it was revamped, the Mayfly bait would occasionally give engine parts in the Degrassi Knoll. Is there any chance this could be added to the monsters in the Knoll's garage or maybe even the old landfill? Uh, related question, did Mayfly interactions get added to any of the other revamped zones? Every once in a while we'll think of it. Uh, that's a weird thing because it's not... When I'm looking at the zone in our internal tools, the Mayfly stuff is not there. The Mayfly stuff is all in a block that executes if you have the mayflies right and they're they're all just keyed by zone id so some revamps will retain mayfly stuff but some where things are sufficiently different that i have to uh make a new zone for testing like i can't isolate the new stuff for testing within the existing public zone then those probably don't get transferred over unless somebody reminds me about it um you know like you just did about Degrassi Knoll. So, I mean, that, you know, went from being one zone to being, like, four zones, so it certainly certainly isn't the same ID, because that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, Linguini Lad says, are there any Kings of Leon jokes in the game? There should be a joke about something about how KOL stands for Kingdom of Loathing and not Kings of Leon. Yeah, I think KOL stands for Kings of Leon. Uh, I think that we could use somebody to make a joke like that. Is that a... Yeah, use somebody as a Kings of Leon song. Oh, I see. Hmm. I thought about making a joke like that, but then my sex caught on fire and I had to put it out. I was going to say, if we ever put in that full sex simulator in the the Smudork zone like we were planning on, we will probably make a joke about how if you go too fast, it gets on fire. Yeah, or there's just a familiar, your sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not binary. What, what does a turn-based coitus simulator look like? Uh, I don't know. Uh, one hit kill <laughs> every time. <laughs> it always lasts exactly one t- turn. Oh, I see. Hey, that's why. Uh, okay. 
Gordy says, can you guys make it so the snow machine can be activated without a garden? It feels like it has the potential to be a great newbie gift, but is hindered by the fact that it requires a garden to use it all. The player could just smack it once a day inside the work shed to get it working instead of the randomly kick on when it does your harvest your garden. Um, no, because that's meant to be the thing that makes this particular garden stuff valuable in concert with the other gardens, right? Because we'll do these things where it's like we don't want... We don't want there to be no reason for you to buy a Mr. Store item because that's just bad for everybody, right? It's a thing that you don't care about and it's a thing that we don't get any money for. So that particular function of it, while it was just a cool idea, it is also in support of the kind of like multiple item of the month ownership synergy that we kind of want to go after and making it so you get a significant portion of the benefits of having this item of the month without having any item of the month is just... Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to make that happen. Hmm. You know? Like, if, if if we had made it work that way to begin with, I wouldn't have said, like, ah, oh, that runs counter to, to our guiding principles. But, like, to go back and change it in a way that's just, like, I don't know, straight up, like, making something less valuable to the people who we should be making things more valuable to, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I like that. Also, mind indicating if there's a hidden function of the ice bucket we should be searching for? It seems like there probably is, but maybe you guys made a 20% item drops offhand that melts at the end of the day right after introducing an offhand that is 25% to 80% item drops and doesn't melt just for the hell of it. Well, it's a thing that you can get in addition to some other stuff. Like, if you use the entire tome of Smithsness, like, if you use your entire allotment of tome summons, you get that. Right? It, mm. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. And plus, some people own the garden, but not the Smithsness tome. So, like, that's the thing. Like, if everything that we do has to be the most powerful version of that thing that has ever been done, then it ends up just being this linear scaling thing where everything from the past is immediately without value. And we don't want that, because we like the past. Because we're old, and the past is where we were cool. Yep. <clears throat> That's where we live. Uh, Yogmith says, Do you express interest in accepting Bitcoin if there was a way to have the funds immediately converted to USD while keeping a certain percentage in Bitcoin? There's a company called BitPay that offers this service. You also express concern that Bitcoin is easy to lose through theft or negligence. There are many services that make it easy to secure your funds, including the blockchain.info, web wallet, and the Armory wallet software. It is true that with the current version of Bitcoin, the maximum transactions per second is not enough to compete with Visa, but this can be fixed with future versions as popularity grows. Sure. Sure. You misspelled if popularity grows in that. I don't know why anything that anybody tells me about bitcoins makes me dig in my heels a little bit. There, but there is that kind of like evangel, like evangelical aspect to it. That yeah, it's just like no, I don't want to switch to Linux. Yeah, I, it's yes, the Linux. I, it's I the don't Linux. care. It's the Linux of currency. There may not be drivers for everything, but I can always write my own driver or find a driver in libraries across the web, and it will use less memory, and it's smaller. Like, sh I don't fucking care about your Linux. I'm sorry. And it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, like, every, like we will get responses to you saying that that are like, God damn it, it's not a problem finding hardware drivers for Linux. It has all this great driver support. Like, uh, okay. Everyone has always said that, but every time I or anyone I know has tried to use Linux, there's been some fucking 
fundamental thing on their computer that they just couldn't use because there wasn't a driver for it. So I don't believe you. I don't believe anything that you say because of the things that you just said that are provably wrong. Which is like, I don't know. There's, there, is, there is too much sort of hand-wavy stuff about Bitcoin. You know, so far, you look at things that are actually happening in the world. Countries are making Bitcoin illegal. Hmm. People are getting arrested for using Bitcoin. Things that are part of the fundamental infrastructure of Bitcoin are being shut down under various crime laws. And, you know, it's a little weird. <laughs> like, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about, like, is there outrage that, like, this guy who had a website where he was selling drugs got arrested for selling drugs? Well, like, Is that Silk Road? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and also, I guess, murdering people. Oh, well, that's beyond the pale. You can Crimes. sell all the drugs you want. Just don't, don't murder people. Honestly. It is, Crimes though... Is cool. There was a... No? There was a point that I was going to make, and now it's gone. So we can move right on. F says, what other culinary delights can we look forward to hearing about from Scully on the podcast? I don't know. It was really hard getting that whole recipe out. And then when I finally did... <laughs> Jake was like, oh, that sounds disgusting. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'll have a, a separate, like, five-minute podcast once a month. It's recipe time with Mr. Skullhead. <laughs> okay. I'll still have you on it so that you can interrupt and tell tell everybody it sounds gross by the end of it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, by the end of it, maybe you'll believe, I mean, understand that it's gross. <laughs> right. Chilled says, okay, pretend for a second that Scully is Roy. It's 2011 and you're actually on Advice Hot Dog. I'm planning my trip to Cannes and my girlfriend hasn't been to the Grand Canyon. Do you think it's possible to do the canyon as a a day trip from Phoenix? What about if you don't have a car? (laughs) Well, it is certainly not possible to walk there and back. Um, I wouldn't do it as a day trip from Phoenix. Yeah, it's, I mean, because it's what, probably like four hours, hours, four or five hours up there. From Mesa for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so somehow I mean, it's ten hours back. We don't know what well, that's about. Well, going back, you have to go around it. Yeah. Yeah. Take her to the north side of the canyon. Yeah. To get to the to get to the north room of the canyon, which is what it's the north room of the Grand Canyon is like the in and out burger of nature. <laughs> it's <laughs> like people insist that there's no reason to go to any other part of the Grand Canyon except the north room, which is just the part that's a huge pain in the ass. So I think they're just sort of back justifying the effort they went to. Um, I you know the thing is if if you are okay with a day that is just you know nine or ten hours of driving which some people are okay with that and you're willing to sort of exhaust the looking at a big hole possibilities of the Grand Canyon in a couple of hours then it's fine if the, but but that that is your whole day you know I've been wrong about this though according to Google it's like three and a half hours oh yeah from Mesa so in that puts it in the realm of a thing you would do you'd spend maybe eight hours on the road and then two hours up there three hours if you got an early start sure man Uh, you're gonna want a car though yeah you definitely do need a car shoot maybe I'll do that with I, I never took Jess to the Grand Canyon when we lived in Arizona oh yeah so I should probably do that I got burned out on it when we lived in Prescott and every person that came to visit us we took them to the Grand Canyon I mean, yeah, I mean that's exactly like, why I never took her burned out on the majestic grandeur of nature but like I mean I also like 
I hiked down into the Grand Canyon once and had a really miserable experience. And then I went back years later to sort of conquer that failure, uh-huh. which I did, but it also was terrible. <laughs> like, it was just an awful trip. It was nice seeing all of the stuff, and it was good, like, finally making it down that fucking thing and back under my own power. I'm like, oh, God, okay. This makes me feel like I am in better shape than I was when I was 19, which is a nice thing to feel for, like, a 34-year-old guy, yeah. right? But but then, like, one of my toenails fell off. And, yeah. like, you know, my legs fucking hurt for a month, we just fucked up like we we went too fast on the downhill side of it mm. and it uses a lot of muscles you're not accustomed to and then you just can't move but you have to fucking walk everywhere because you're out in the middle of nature i would really love to go back to have a soup by falls yeah like no that, it's, that it's was pretty glorious and that's not too bad of a hike i mean i feel like i could it's do a, that i could do that now without even without even really preparing for it you know getting getting back up that hill it would take me longer than it would if i I did it when I was a chubby bastard and 16. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not It's not bad. Um, you know, we just planned it poorly and ran out of water. And oh, yeah. so that was like, that, that was like the time where I came the closest to dying because I'm stupid, mm. which is why I always look back on that as this horrible failure. I mean, we weren't close to dying, right? Like, but we, it, it was a point at which I had to rely on strangers in order to survive, which I don't like. Like, I don't like that. Independence is extremely important to me. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to do this this time. And I got out of the canyon and I flipped it off and I went and had a beer. <laughs> like, so it was just like, that, I beat you. Yes. You it, no, it seriously was because fuck that thing. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty. So it's, it's really pretty. <laughs> like, oh, uh, man. Uh, Gordy says, will two-handed shields ever be a thing? If they will, would you ever consider uh, allowing the Ouija board and a light that never goes out to be smithed together for a two-handed shield? What would that even, what would that be? What happens if you put a light on a Ouija board? I mean, I feel like you just destroy, you just destroy the magic. No, it's like you put a light on there and you can see the tendons moving in the, in the arms of the guy across from you. So, or you can hear the tendons creaking so that you know it's time to dodge the bullet. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, remember Remo Williams? Sure, sure maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Smeggy Eggsta says, "All of a sudden, Mister Kirby." Why? Okay. Thanks All for right, throwing your two cents in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really digging through the. Uh, my fell god says, "Hey, Jake, you should really change your profile. It falsely discloses your location." Yeah, but maybe what I want to do is falsely disclose my location. I mean, I guess when we say an undisclosed location, that that, that would include falsely disclosing that you're at a different location because you still haven't disclosed that location. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Porkshank says, Sleuths. Why aren't there any in KOL? You know, that's one of those... That's kind of one of those things like a kumquat. I don't know. A sloth? Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's like a a platypus, right? Like you... I don't know. So if it's going to be in there, somebody else is going to put it in there. I also, because of establishing the trope that animals are just drawn, like, not as stick figures, I fucking hate it when there's an animal in a zone. I see. Because, man. You know, I realize the more that I draw, how much I don't really like drawing. I wish I could, I wish I could enjoy it. You know, but it's just, it's just a chore. 
was just a mm. chore. I like having produced a cool looking thing like in a big container document, right? But I'm never like I never like draw a monster. And I'm like, oh, that monster looks really good. Like that just never happens. Uh, let's see. King of Swing says, since we've not seen the traitor trader in almost three years, what's the chances you guys could find something fun to do with him when you bring him back? Like a contest between clans to donate the most twinkly wads. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe doing something that incentivizes uh, absurd levels of use of the trader is a good idea. Um, hmm, hmm. Oh, I guess there was a sequel to Happiness. Somebody says. Yeah, I'm with a, a different cast, but the same characters. I mean, for Shut me, that would have been like somebody saying, hey, you should know that there is a turd in this toilet that is produced by the same guy who produced that other turd that made you want to throw up the last time that you looked in the toilet. Like, I'm, I'm really not interested in seeing it, but thanks. Mm, good. The Nuge says, what do you think is the best breakfast food to warm you up? Some of us need the heat to not become polar vortex pops on our way to work. This is more your territory than mine. It's never cold where I am. That's true. In this undisclosed but hot location. That girl is undisclosed but hot. (laughs) Man, I don't know. I tend to eat cereal, so that's not the warmest. Have a a big bowl of oatmeal. Have Have a small bowl of oatmeal. Well, if you want. Have a put, big bowl uh, of have a big bowl of corn pone. Take your oatmeal and put a uh, here. It's recipe time with Scully. <laughs> take your oatmeal and shove it. Yeah. Put a, your mouth. a spoonful of sugar to help the oatmeal go down, and a spoonful of cocoa powder to help your oatmeal go chocolate, and then stir it together, and then add a little milk, and that's pretty tight. Hmm. See, what I do is I put some oatmeal in a bowl, and then I put like ten raisins in the bowl, and then uh-huh. I pour some hot, pour some boiling water into it, and then I stir it up, and then I eat it. Wait, and so the you're, first, the, you're the guy who last show said, I've been older than you are for a long time. So I, in this scenario, I'm the old man? No. What? I didn't say any. All I said was how I eat my oatmeal. Mr. Yeah, Skullhead. So, and I you eat your oatmeal in a way that Wilford Brimley would be like, God, that guy's old. Mm-hmm. I, I, ugh, it's ugh. easy. It's easy, and it doesn't violate the, like, no sugar stuff dirt like i mean it's I See, if i was doing a thing where i couldn't eat sugar i wouldn't eat oatmeal because the the it has not it doesn't have a taste yeah when i first tried it i was like nope that so much for that experiment <laughs> i'm never putting that in my mouth again but then the next day i kind of wanted some and so i had some and i'm like huh you know i actually kind of like this now yeah i could it, i mean the raisins the raisins help and are probably I don't know if I, I don't know if fruit is cheating on the diet or not. The 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 internet crackpot when asked that question was like, I'm not gonna tell you yes or no, but if that's the question you're asking, you're probably fine. Yeah. So I, Is it okay to eat an apple from time to time? Like, yeah, I mean I eat an apple pretty regularly, but uh but yeah, it's like I wouldn't just have like a can of fruit salad in syrup. Right. But I think you know a, a little. I handful wouldn't do of, that either. A little handful of raisins is fine. Man, I used to love that. I my, the fruit cocktail stuff that my grandma would buy in cans. Hmm. Love that shit. Just chunks of peach, chunks of pineapple, maraschino cherries. God, so good. It was like candy from a can, or as I called it, candy. Can candy. 
I think can candy. Okay, can can. Sure. Uh, but you know, oatmeal. Do whatever you can to make it uh, palatable. Yeah, like putting uh, eight raisins in it. Is it always exactly eight? Because that's even. Better. Uh, no, I just I just okay. shake out I just shake out an amount of raisins that's about the amount of raisins that I think should go into it. You know, I want there to be a raisin or two in every bite. My parents always put a pat of butter in oatmeal. Yeah, I mean, and I could see I could see going the grits route with it instead of the you know. Well, no, they weren't trying to make it savory. It was like a pat of butter, a spoonful of sugar, and some raisins. That's uh, how they gross. always did it. Gross. Apparently, when I tried to serve it to my wife, she was like, what in the fuck <laughs> are you doing? It was the same response that I had when she fucking candied bacon and, and uh, brown sugar. Like, mm. <laughs> what, in the f- what in the fuck? <laughs> Guys, bacon is fine. Yeah, like, that's one of the few things that you can, like, microwave and it's still awesome. <laughs> like... I don't know. Weka says, can hobbits please have their cultural rights recognized and allow anyone playing in New Zealand to eat two spaghetti breakfasts in a day? Do you think it's a coincidence that Weka sounds like Weta? Hmm. No, that can't be a coincidence. Also, uh, Weka, hobbits aren't real, so no. And also, we're racist against New Zealanders. Right. So much so that we don't even acknowledge the existence of their indigenous population, the hobbit. Ashton says, could we please get a florist fryer button for the iconic top menu, if we own him, of course. Hey, you don't own that guy. You just invited him to your town. It's not even your town. You invited him to a town. You should, you should feel lucky that he's there at all. Uh, but yeah, sure, that's a, that's a thing that I could see people uh, being excited about wanting. I am kind of stoked about the mental direction we're headed with the, I, the menus, the top menu stuff. Hmm. Because I think that I think that what we're going to do is we're going to result we're going to end up with a thing that I am pretty satisfied with as an interface, but that also people will be able to turn into a horrible nightmare the way that serious WoW players turn their UI for WoW into a horrible nightmare, Excellent. where it's like this is my screen is ninety percent shortcuts to things that I want to do and ten percent you know game with your pictures and your writing and stuff. Which is exactly what they want. They just oh, want to yeah. the metagame. Oh, it was the first boy on the moon that told us about the sequel to Happiness, by the way. He, he, he says, any reason why there isn't a use Wang on the chat right-click menu? I'd use the heck out of that. Yeah, there got to be too many things for us to include all of the things by default, and so we kind of gave up until we came up with a better solution, and then we never came up with a better solution. So that's pretty cool. Jolly Red Giant says, Dear Skull and Mr. Jackhead, thanks for making this amazing game. I restarted playing it before Crimbo, and I've been having a lot of fun seeing the fresh take on old content, as well as some new stuff like Abu Peak. Well, new to me, anyways. Idea for Mr. Store item at some point. The Bangin' Yo-Yo, a ranged weapon which also somehow makes it easier to figure out what Dungeons of Doom gate potion you need for the three gates. I have a better idea. Let's make the three gates not a thing anymore, or at least not a thing that requires a Dungeons of Doom potion. Hmm. But, yeah, have we done... We haven't done a ranged weapon item of the month since the Bottle Rocket Crossbow, have we? I wouldn't think so. We did the we did the the super popular elvish sunglasses, which were a thing that facilitated various ranged weapons. I remember that being a lot of work, and I don't remember anything cool about it. <laughs> uh, but we there's there's a rich there's a rich mine of of things to think about for yo-yo as ranged weapon. We've done that, haven't we? Haven't we? Isn't there a yo-yo that is a ranged weapon? There's the yo-ho-ho-yo. 
which you can't yeah. talk about in chat because it's a secret. There, there is, uh, yeah, there were yo-yos in the Crimbo stuff, I'm sure. There's, uh, what is it? Not, not, uh, Crystallis. It might have been Crystallis. Tropic Thunder? Star Tropics? The, the Zelda-like <laughs> game with the yo-yo? Tropic Thunder. Yeah. The Tropic Thunder from Down Under. <clears throat> Damned Fish says, I asked a really important question a while ago, but it was never answered, so I assume it was lost. Nanobots are a thing in the kingdom, which is awesome, but do nanobots have nanobots? They do not. They don't need to eat. They just... It, when a nanobot gets hungry, it just disassembles itself and makes a new one that isn't hungry. Hmm. That's just science. Uh, Linguini Lad says, so apparently the slimeling is the best item farming familiar for Dreadzopolis, since most people only care about the gear. Why not just buff up the mechanical songbird so that items drop more frequently than from the slimeling? Well, but I yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. Why not make the songbird a thing that makes all items drop at a hundred percent? That would make it better for there. But like, that's not exactly a that's not exactly a subtle or balanced approach. Quine says fair and balanced approach either. K- Kol aches for kolache. Let us cook kolache, please, Mister Skullhead. Can you man the Google pipes and tell me what kolache is, or do you just know what kolache is? I think it's a symptom of colitis. Okay. I've never heard of colache. It's uh, its etymology is from the uh, from the Spanish for itchy culo. <laughs> um, some side dish, Mexican zucchini based dish. It only gets two stars on food.com, so I don't know, bro. Huh. Looks like a soup, like a vegetable soup kind of thing. Uh, like a really bland salsa? Oh. Okay, like a zucchini salsa? Yeah. Uh, Capona asks, uh, says, Hello, Jake Griffin Hot Stuff. This, yeah, I think I, for, I, I put this into the Monday bucket because I wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, I was wondering if and when you're planning on taking the hot girls mud wrestling bit out of the island war quest and the word skank out of the king's congratulations after you free him from the prison. Those things make me very sad. Also, nice game. Thanks. Uh, P.S. I had a dream recently that I was dating Jake, just so you know. Winky face. You know, you can just make a winky face by typing a semicolon followed by a closed parenthesis. <laughs> it, uh, I don't know what the mud wrestling thing is. What- it's the the council says it's like watching two hot girls mud wrestle. No matter who loses, we all win. Okay. When you're talking about the starting the island war. Okay. So those are those are all just things in the can. Like th- th- so it's a are- weird it's a weird thing because those are things I guess that are very forefront in the things that you read mm. in the game whereas I feel like there is so much stuff like that. What how, what do you what do you think about that? I mean I like is th- there is there some implicate like I mean I feel like we would not say bitch in there because that is just language wise although we say son of a bitch all the time yeah but there is a difference I don't know that we ever refer to someone as a bitch and if we did we probably wouldn't I think like making someone your bitch we use which is weird because that like that refers to to a darker concept than just calling someone a bitch yeah, and I mean, but I think that there are there are certainly people. Well, there are certainly people who would argue that it's that it's irresponsible to use that phrase. Like, and if attention was drawn to it, and people decided to go ape shit about it, I'm sure that there are a handful of people in the forums who'd be like, "Yeah, this is obviously a thing that you should never have done." I just, 
and I get into trouble for trying to equiv like equivalent things, <laughs> equate things. Sorry, I, because of course there is issues of privilege and societal pressure and balance of power. But I feel like if it was a naughty sorcerer, spelled O R, and he the council said you laid the smackdown on that dick with panache and grace. I doubt we would get complaints. Well, maybe by someone who says that that language is a little too strong, but not that that language is toxic. Right, but I mean, I th- I think that it is that that language does not have the connotations of slut shaming. Yeah. Right, would be the specific like why? It's, I guess the question is what does it what does it mean to call someone a skank? Like, I mean, so to me. I think there is the... That word contains connotations of uncleanliness and promiscuity. Right? I mean, that's kind of what... That's kind of what the word means if you looked it up in a dictionary. It is... And, I mean, maybe maybe there's the problem is that in use, it's just a general term for, like, a villainous woman. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, what if I we used virago? Would that be better? Because that's an awesome word. What does it mean? Virago. Uh, I think it is just like an unpleasant or evil woman. Yeah, I mean... Oh, wait, no. <laughs> a virago is a woman who demonstrates exemplary and heroic qualities, which is never how I've heard that used. Hmm. So, uh... Well, I mean, is it like a nimrod? <laughs> right where it... <laughs> Okay, so Wikipedia says heroic. Dictionary.com says a loud-voiced, ill-tempered, scolding woman or a shrew. Archaic use, a woman of strength or spirit. Huh. I mean, wh- how, do you, how do you feel about, about this, this listener's question? Like, I resist the urge to sanitize the entire game to meet some standard of that involves not acknowledging that certain kinds of speech exist like I think it's okay to have a character in our game make a sexist joke I don't think that that makes it a sexist game Yeah, and whether or not it's a sexist game is going to be up to somebody who plays the game for a while and gets a feel for what authorial intent there is, and then you can continue to argue about that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've, I have always <laughs> felt like, though I don't know what it is that we are doing right, the the high the high incidence of femaleness in our player base indicates that we are probably not, at the very least, we are not producing a thing that is just another cultural artifact that is driven by the patriarchy to be hostile towards women. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, and that's not to say that I'm going to point to all of these women who aren't upset about this and say that this is not a thing that is problematic or upsetting, but it is weird. I think just in in the exact same way that a lot of people have spoken of Flappy Bird as proof that there is no way of knowing what a population of people want. Yeah. Um... It, the 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 response, God, and I don't want to. I don't really want to get into this again, except insofar as it is interesting in this context. The orc stuff 
compared to the hole in the sky stuff is again just one of those things where it's like I think that what things are upsetting to people and what things trigger these these reactions have a lot less to do with what the things are than when they are. Hmm. Like, just in a, like, there will be a particular moment where a powder keg will get sparked about a particular thing, and then that thing has more to do with, like, where all of this stuff fits into a broader cultural context than it does what the particular thing is. And as the guy who made the particular thing, it is really difficult to look at it and say, like, okay, yeah, you're right, this is problematic, because then you think, well, okay, I'm a systems guy. So if this is problematic, what else is problematic? Because when you start doing things, it's like, all right, well, this we figured out that this ranged weapon does too much damage. All right, well, if this ranged weapon does too much damage, like, what do we need to do to the other ranged weapons to make sure that this whole thing is balanced? Right, and coming at it from that perspective, it's like, all right, well, if the jokes in the orc chasm go too far, then what else do we need to do? And it's like, wait a minute almost everything is worse than this. <laughs> so, what do we do? And I mean, I think the answer then was, I say we wait it out. And I think the answer has continued to be, I think we do nothing about it, because I think that the thing that needed to happen with that was that the Fuhrer needed to wear off. Right? And you occasionally get a snarky remark about it, but like, and you know, maybe one guy has an anecdote about somebody who felt so unsafe as a result of that zone that they quit playing the game, and it's like, well... Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I mean, and, you know, also sorry about all the worst stuff that you saw on the way there. Although when you said waiting for the Fuhrer to wear off, I pictured a guy going to work the day after Halloween with a Sharpied on Hitler mustache. <laughs> right. Ah, crap. <laughs> yes. um, as far as... I feel like if I were writing the Naughty Sorceress text today, I probably wouldn't say skank because of the the way that culture has been bending but I would still make the joke about two hot girls mud wrestling whoever loses we or whoever loses we win because that is just that is a thing that people say in the world and I don't think that it's hostile towards anyone and I think it's kind of a stretch to claim that it is yeah because I don't think that we live in a world where that statement is literally true or that it's referent is a thing that anyone does or cares about. Hmm. Right? It's like a, I mean, it's like to me, the, the whole notion of, of mud wrestling is like, it's like an eighties sitcom joke. Uh -huh. Right? I mean, it's like the, if the council has characteristics from a fictional standpoint, it is, they are the man sort of right uh -huh. like they are they are old out of touch bureaucrats who are more concerned with their own cronyism and well-being than they are with say whether the world is overrun with monsters or not i mean i i don't know i mean maybe they're not i guess they they want the monsters to go away but only because they're interfering with like not because they want the king free right right because they don't want the king free yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like I don't think about them as a character a lot. But it is not beyond them to say something inappropriate as a character. I feel like there's 
there's got to be something that they say after you defeat the sorceress that is kind of the equivalent of bastard. Yeah. Something negative. Uh, instead of like, you have beaten the villain of the story. Yeah. I mean, so, and but I guess that's the, are there, you know, it, like, I mean, it's just like jerk. all, yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, are there gendered words like that? Is there one? Is there even one that is not loaded with problematic social constructs? And there probably yeah. there probably isn't right like there isn't an there like there isn't a non gross slang term for a vagina and there isn't a non funny slang term for a dick. Yeah, and the reason why calling a guy a dick and calling a girl a cunt are very different levels of swearing. Yeah. Well, think about that one. I, I really think that the mud wrestling thing is fine, and I, I hope that it doesn't make you that sad every time you see it. Yeah, I just, you know. And I, I mean, th- this is the thing, right? This is what it would seem like to us if it was a problem. Because mm-hmm. we just don't think of it as one. Like, we can kind of understand the argument that it is one, but to us, that whole thing is like, no, this is like every joke on TV when we were kids. And then somebody will say, right, but the problem with every joke on TV when you were kids is that every joke on TV when you were kids was was illustrative of these problems that you know created a problematic context in which your opinions about what things are funny was formed sure and you know trying to provoke a closer look at that there is just zero ways to have that discussion with someone though because well, any, anything that we come up with is just evidence of our like narrow-mindedness and or privilege. I mean, I think there are zero ways to have that discussion on the internet. Well, yeah, do you, do you ever change somebody's mind if they say that joke is sexist and you shouldn't make it? Do they ever end up going, "Oh no, well you're you're right. I guess it's okay that you made that joke." I mean, this question I, I feel like that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, I think it kind of does with a person. You know, yeah. like yeah, I think it can. Like, because I think if you, you, you can actually communicate your motives to a person in a way that you can't communicate your motives to a, an internet forum, right? Because it only takes, it only takes one guy whose sort of charter is not giving you the benefit of the doubt to poison the well. Hmm. You know, language is offensive to Jews. (laughs) Fuck it is now. Man. Uh, let's see. So here's here's a here's a suggestion. I I uh, I already archived this question, so I don't remember the name of the person who submitted it. But if I know this question came in quite a while ago, but if you are listening to this, propose another word that we could use in its place. Because I honestly can't think of one. I can't think of one that wouldn't be at least as problematic, right? And so changing it would become this event where it's like, oh, I see, you made a move on this, but you went the wrong fucking direction, assholes. Or we changed it to cunt. You, you go the wrong direction or you don't go far enough. Like, any change, that is going to be the response to it. Hmm. So is there is there a word that goes there that makes everyone happy? That's my question to you, listener. Thank you. Thank you for leveling that criticism in a way that was not combative. 
also. Yeah, and I, I hope that any of our discussion doesn't scare somebody away from pointing out something that they find offensive. Because I'm, I'm always interested in that, and I'm always willing to be educated on something. And I am more likely to do to think about stuff like that when I'm writing a zone. So, like, not just assuming that you're a straight male every time I write something with any kind of romance in it. Yeah, but keep in mind that, you know, and that this, again, is not... Well, you know what? I was going to say this is no excuse, but this is just actually definitionally a fucking excuse is that this there's a lot of stuff in here that was written 11 years ago yeah right so and we we kind of we put it in there and then we walk away from it and we don't think about all like it would be impossible to keep track of all of the sentences so we don't and even like recent like when those things were new though like when iron maiden 777 was like hey i went into this into the cave and i like hit on a girl and bought her a drink like that's really weird oh you're right that would be really weird it it didn't even occur to me that there are people out there who aren't me so yeah yeah, thank you thank you you for uh for bringing that stuff up we introduced the ability to select a character gender when it was asked for right Mm. because it didn't seem i don't know i guess even though the numbers bear out differently, I just I tend to think of a person playing a video game as a guy, you know. Mm. And I was certainly more so a long time ago, but it was more that like gender isn't important to any of the things that are happening. So that's not like the first decision that you're making about creating a character, right? Because it's like if your hat doesn't mean anything, then your gender doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But then once the jokes incorporated things other than, you know, f- farts or meat. Ha <laughs> lol. The currency is meat. Isn't that wacky? This is another thing about the... It's a, it's a thing about, like, meeting other people, you know, just sort of doing... Existing more as a, as, a, as a professional community, which is what I'm very much trying to do in San Francisco. And, like, oh, right. The stuff that we do seems really stupid. Right. It's and like f- explaining the Brady Bunch. And we forget. You know, we forget that this, is, that this isn't like, oh, you know, this is silly. The appeal, the initial appeal of this is that it is this goofy thing, right? Like, we're so up our own asses as a result of, like, oh, this is, you know, this is our work. This is like, say, like, this is our job. We have to take it seriously or we wouldn't do it. Well, and we know that people don't play the game for 11 years because the currency is meat. Yeah. So, I still will just say, like... I work for this online video game that's been around for 10 years, and it, you probably haven't heard of it, and that's okay, so don't, don't feel awkward, but that's what I do. I write funny jokes for a game. Yeah. I feel like when, whenever it's described as a stick figure game, I get this little pang of like, ah, come, come on. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it like somebody calling They Might Be Giants quirky? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't have that negative connotation with that, but I mean, it's no, it's just like, it's like, it's like calling the Oregon Trail a shooter because of that one section where you can fire a bullet, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's a game about typing swear words onto a tombstone. (laughs) Right. Well, uh, this has been, uh, this has been our customary 10 dozen minutes and I feel like I need to get back on that, uh, sneaky Pete horse. 
the steel uh, horse he rides. I feel like I need to get back in the bathroom and pee. Oh, me too. So I'm glad that we, we all have goals that we are likely to accomplish by the end of the day and maybe the end of the next five minutes. But uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in and keep the questions coming. We love listening to what you have to say and we hope you love listening to what we have to say. I'm Mr. Skullhead and I'm leaving. I'm Jake and I'm already gone.